Hello everyone, this is the Pick and Mix Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Pick and Mix Podcast with me, Harry Levison, and I'm joined today by just Ben. Yeah, just Ben. <laughs> yeah, you don't get an all surname. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> ben, McGook- ben McGookin it is. Um, yeah, see, I've always pronounced your name McGookin when I've told people about you, but then I think you pronounce it as McGookin, isn't it? Yeah, because that's the right way to do it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I've been butchering your <laughs> it's name. It's not the worst one I've had. I've had, I've had lots of um, <laughs> interesting interpretations of how my surname is pronounced. McGookin is probably my most hated one. Yeah, cover side of McGurk. I've had <laughs> like worst intros ever. Um, I didn't mean to just say just Ben. Um, it just kind of like <laughs> happened, and then I realised a bit too late. But yeah, we haven't got Liam with us today. Uh, he was just joining us because he's a Star Wars casual for Rogue One. Um, we're going to be doing A New Hope today, uh, which is one of the, the best Star Wars films, I feel. Um, before we kind of get cracking on into that, though, just want to mention we do have a giveaway at the moment that's open on our, you know, all of our social media channels, and it's for a framed poster from this film. Uh, you know, it's something that would be a nice addition to a bedroom or a games room or something like that, you know. Um, all you have to do is kind of find the post on our social media, like it, share it. Um, you've got to be following us as well. Alternatively, what you can do is you can email us at um, pickamixpod at gmail.com and you know, send in a question or you know, something like that for a chance to enter the competition. Um, but yeah, then we're doing a new hope. What's your overall feelings of the film? Uh, well. Now, there's two versions of the the original trilogy, isn't there? There's the there's the original original trilogies, and then there's the remastered ones that mm-hmm. Lucas did. Now, I watched the because I watched it on Disney Plus, so I watched the remastered version, and I think it is really good. And I like I am um, it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It never used to be. But the older I've got, it's it's grown on me more. I think mm-hmm. I always preferred Empire and Return of the Jedi, and wasn't too fussed on a New Hope. But um, I ha- I have grown to like it a lot more um, as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of the we'll talk about it as they come up. But some of the changes they've made in the remastered version is just stupid. And ruin ruin parts of the film. Um, my most hated one is probably when they're at Moss Eisley when they first arrive. But we'll talk about that when we get to that scene. But yeah, yeah. overall, I think it's a it's a really good film though, and it sets up the obviously it's the first one, and it sets up the story very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think when you watch it after having watched the prequels you do notice little bits and bobs and you think about it a lot more. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's good. That's one thing I was going to say. I mean, in in terms of 
watching it now with the addition of Rogue One to like the films mm. that, that we can now watch, I feel that this film is a lot better with the addition of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Because I put like the opening crawl is essentially just a basic summary of what happened in film 3.5. Yeah. Um, so I think because we've got that film there now, when you go straight into this film, if it, uh, not that it makes more sense, but it just feels that it like it the f- continuous flow of the movie just kind of it feels a lot better. I feel, mm-hmm. and obviously because they've added those extra bits in, it works really nicely. Um, yeah. Although saying that, I feel that Solo kind of takes away a bit from that at the same time because of the stuff that it introduced within that film. Yeah. Hans' character. When I look at him now, I'm just like, oh, was it Alden Aaron? Is it Alden Aaron right who plays him? Yes. I'm yes. just I watch it then. I'm just like, oh, he's he's not he's nothing like him really. I don't think he's he's not really. Um, I was saying, um, because I finished watching off the film this morning. Um, same. And I was my flatmate. I think Harrison Ford is probably the best casting choice in the whole of the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. he he's, plays Han. So one of the best well. actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, he plays Han so well, and plays that kind of cool arrogant space cowboy role so well um and my flatmate said the same thing as you have which is it just that's why he doesn't like solo because the guy who plays han in that film just doesn't have the same charisma no not at all i feel that i mean i'm probably i probably be offending a lot of people by saying this but I personally think out of the three main actors, like kind of cast members in uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, Mark Hamill and Han Solo, I think only Han Solo, sorry, um, Harrison Ford. I actually think it's only Harrison Ford who's actually a really good actor. Well, I think, I think that, Mark Hamill's a great voice actor. I think it's testament to how, what they've been in since Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't, obviously people who seen more films than than myself will have seen more stuff with Carrie and um, Mark in them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they've been in anything as big as Harrison was after Star Wars. I mean, he, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner. Um, Anchorman 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite, yeah, big blockbuster film right there. But, you know, it's, it's genuinely how I feel. I think watching the film, this is how I felt quite a lot of the way through, that I think Luke's... Mark Hamill's good in these films, but I think watching him in the new films, I don't know if it's because he's old, older or whatever, but I just feel he's a bit too campy. Mm. And I know the films are a bit campy and everything, but I don't know, it's just... I don't think he's the best actor. He's a great voice actor. Like, him as a Joker... Yeah. ...in the animated series, of the, like, the Batman is, and is the brilliant. As well. And the games as well, but I just think in terms of like, I think it's because he is that campy as an actor. Mm. He works for like kind of voiceover, but not so much for. I mean, we're not going to get into the later films because there's bits in that where I just, I, I would, we're not going to do them. So where he does the whole shoulder shrug and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, getting back to this film, so yeah, it leads directly on from from Rogue One. And we've got uh, images of, like, well, we've got the scenes with Leah's ship being st- uh, chased by the Star Destroyer. Um, I think there's bits of this film where visually you look at it and I think it looks amazing. Yeah. Considering, like, I mean, this goes into a question that we've got later on uh, from one of our listeners, but 
there's certain times where it looks amazing and other times where I'm like, oh, it it really looks dated. Yeah. Uh, but for the time, I mean, for the time oh, that, God, when it was released, it Yeah. In absolutely insane how, how good it looks. We've got obviously I put Leah puts uh Leah, sorry, uh puts a CD in R2, like literally yeah. puts a CD in him uh, with the message to Obi-Wan. Um and Leah's captured and the two droids are R2 and C3PO escape. And I've just put when they escape, the people on the side of the say, Oh, there's no life forms, don't worry about that pod that's escaping. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, watching that, I'm like Surely in your universe where there's so many things like droids and whatever, and you know what you are chasing, the plans have been, have been like beamed off to something. Yeah. Get them. Surely you wouldn't just be like, oh, it's fine. There's no life forms. You'd be a bit like, oh, we probably should, still should check that out. Like Vader yeah. obviously thinks of that later, but <laughs> I, I was watching that and I was like, the, the Empire is pretty dumb. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, there's that bit in the when Family Guy do the um, the the spin off and the, yeah. that bit, and they go, "What are we like? What are we getting? Are we charging by the laser now? Just shoot it down? Like, <laughs> what, what, no reason not to shoot it down." <laughs> yeah, there's a few things in this film where, like, I did think of like the Family Guy specials on it. Yeah, um, like the film where like Luke shoots down um, whoever is bet- one of his mates, saying, "Oh, it's impossible to blow up to hit that target," and he's like. We talk about I do that all the time at home. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get we'll get to that later. So then, um, I put when when Leia's kind of like giving it large to Darth Vader, she's banging on about the Senate, uh, and I've just put, will they actually do anything? Because they're all under the control of the Empire. Like I know they want a kind of the Empire wants it to be, you know, relatively peaceful, because they don't want an uprising. But I'm just like she's banging on about the Senate. The Senate is what caused realistically the failure of the senate is what's caused the empire being a, yeah. a thing in the first place so i wouldn't yeah, rely on that too much the empire into like being essentially yeah yeah i mean um i put as well it is quite convenient as well after watching all the other films that they happen to be above tatooine <laughs> yeah like when when they because obviously they were on was it scarif when yeah. they when they left and then suddenly they're above tatooine it's just like oh that's very convenient yeah but yeah so then we've got r2 and c3po uh in the desert and the jawas abduct them um i mean this the, the opening scene i think is really... like the set the tone of the film the kind of you don't yeah. feel i think if you're watching it for the first time you don't feel lost um yeah and it, it, it is is relatively quick it's very fast-paced um, as I think a lot of the, the Star Wars films are, um, apart from Attack of the Clones, which is like the longest movie ever. <laughs> I think as well, this it does a really good job of setting up the, the banter between C-3PO and R2. Yeah. It does a really good job of setting up, you know, that C-3PO's a bit of a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. And R2's a bit of a, well, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I've put I've put that down at kind of like they've separate they obviously separate. Yeah. Um, but they still end up getting like <laughs> getting abducted together. And then we've got Uncle Owen and the instruction of Luke, because they need a translator and a droid. And event at first they're gonna leave R2 behind. And I'm just like, he looks like the best droid there, apart from C3PO in terms yeah. of look. 
I was like, why are they just like, oh no, we don't need him. He clearly looks better than the one that they take. And then that other one conveniently explodes. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, has R2 done something here? <laughs> R2's a little psychopath. It wouldn't... It wouldn't yeah, yeah, like we talked about in Revenge of the Sith where he melts those other droids with spraying them with oil and then yeah. sets them on fire. Like, R2's a nut, nutcase. <laughs> um, I've just... Luke... Like, A whiny bitch, I'll put. <laughs> yeah, he is whiny. Um, yeah, that's what I noticed. He, he's really whiny, and he's. We'll get to it in a bit when they're in the cantina. But but uh, watching it with someone who used to be a barman was was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd I'd have him out. Um, I've also put we we get the first mention of uh, old Ben Kenobi. Uh, it's another thing that annoys me slightly is the fact that. He's meant to be in like exile and hiding. Old Ben Kenobi is not a good hiding name. <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> it's like if I wanted to go and hide and I just changed my name, my name to Henry Levison. It was yeah. like, it's just like, it's not fucking, it's like so fucking obvious who you are. Um, and then obviously we've got the fact that Luke finds R2's message from Leia to Obi um, inside his rusty innards as. Um, C3PO says. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Luke asks Owen and his aunt, I forgot what his aunt's called. Baru. Baru. Um, yeah, so he asks them about Obi Wan and, like, oh, he's a crazy man. And I'm just like, I'm, I know obviously they're trying to do it to protect Luke and tell him to stay away. But I mean, at what point is, like, Obi Wan ever, like, given them the impression that he's a crazy man? Yeah. I imagine that's something that we might go into, um, like, later on. In the Obi Wan series, yeah, once it eventually comes out, but yeah, I, it's all very like kind of convenient, isn't it? And everyone seems to be okay with lying to Luke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as as the kind of scene goes on, we've got R two goes missing. He's gone looking for Obi, and Luke then goes looking for him and gets fucking done on by the Sand People. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice uh, politically correct Sand People. <laughs> oh yeah. The racism in Star Wars continues. Yeah, of course it does. Um, well, it starts because this is the first film, obviously. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, it is a, it is the 70s, so it's quite mild, really, for then, I imagine. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, one thing I wanted to to say as well, because we see the Sand People, and obviously we've got another race of aliens that are based on Tatooine with the Jawas. Mm. Apparently, there's um, um, there's like canon um, material that show what the sand people look like behind the masks and stuff, but they've never done any art for what the Jawas look like, which I thought was quite interesting. Like the sand people look kind of like kind of look like Predator, apparently. Really? Yeah, okay. but the Jawas just no one like there's never been any artworkers to like what they look like underneath the hoods. Which I you thought know, was I, quite interesting. I assume they're almost like albino-like characters because of the red eyes. Yeah. So, like, they'd be dead little pale, like, creatures, and that's why they're always under the hoods because they can't actually survive in the sun. Which begs yeah. the question why they're on that planet in the first place. Yeah. But um, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, 
What we should do is we should have a competition later on and get someone to draw us what they think a, a Jawa <laughs> looks like. It would be good. We'll yeah. find something um, to give away. One thing as well, I love the Jawa's like transport as well. I think that looks really cool, like the big armoured sand mm. tank thing. I think that yeah. looks cool. Yeah, I love that scene in The Mandalorian with it. You know, where he's chasing it on, mm. on the speeder and then uh, they're like trying to get him off and they get that, that egg. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really, it's, it's, I think in general, a lot of like the ships and the kind of transports and things like that. I mean, even like the, the little speeders they've got to, mm-hmm. uh, to get around, they all look proper decent. I remember I think there was a kid on my estate when I grew up and he had one of like the, like, you know, like the kind of motorized speeder and he used to, you could sit in it and drive around in it. Um, yeah, I mean, family bit for it. Very, very. Uh, um, we then so then kind of moving on from that. We've got Luke's obviously unconscious. Obi Wan saves him, and um, we we get our first look at uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Is uh, is it Alec Alec Guinness? Isn't it? Or, is Alec it McGuinness or Guinness? Get, hmm? Guinness. Alec Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got the classic hello there. Yeah, we get we get a hello there. But before the hello there, in the um, <laughs> mastered version, we get the most horrific screeching sound I think I've ever heard. And I don't know how Obi Wan Kenobi managed to make that sound um, because in the original cut, I recall it's just like a whistle sort of thing, isn't it? Uh, see, that's that's one thing that. It, it, when I was watching it, I didn't really know because like, I was listening and I was like, I don't remember this being part of it. But then, because it's been quite a while since I've watched A New Hope, mm-hmm. um, I, I wasn't really, really sure. But yeah, it's a bit it's a bit weird because it's like, it's a sound that clearly isn't coming from, like, isn't what you are. Yeah. While like, some people were like, oh, once I ever look over and they're like, oh, yeah, that's just a man. In Let's the him up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's like that. Um, you know when Sam's climbing up the uh, the tower in Mordor, and there's a shadow, and he's like, he's like <laughs> and then he comes around, and they're just like, oh, it's a fucking Hobbit. That's what the that's what the Sam people should have been like. And then it would have been meant to open up with Obi Wan like slicing them down. That would be quite fun. Yeah. Um, also, Alec Guinness, I believe, is the actor who made the most money. From the film, I think he did in this film, but then later on, I don't think he did because I'm pretty sure he wanted out. Yeah, he wasn't. So then he, he didn't get like the residual stuff mm-hmm. and like the obviously like because I think because they didn't have it much money to start with, they literally got like I think like the people like um, Mark Hamill and Harrison and um, Carrie Fisher. I think they got like shares in like the merchandise and stuff like that. Which obviously, but like before the film was released, no one knew how big it was going to be. Yeah. Turns out that they made more money through that or whatever they had an interest in than what uh, Alec Guinness had through just his salary, um, which he probably, you know, kind of regret, well, regretted. Like the films, did He was like a classic actor, a classic yeah. actor, and it was a bit, a bit like sort of 
not his cup of tea, but he still did it. Yeah. I don't understand why people do that. I know, obviously, that it's about getting paid and stuff, but if you don't want to do something, just don't fucking do it. Especially someone like him who could, like, walk into any job he wanted to, you know? Uh, I've also put as well the, the, the note where... <laughs> Where like R two says that obviously he was owned by Obi Wan, and Obi Wan's like, I don't ever recall owning a droid. It's like, bitch. There's, I know there's memes of this where he's like, bitch. I literally went through the whole fucking Clone Wars with you. <laughs> like, I've literally, I was with you for years and years and years. You're gonna tell me that you don't fucking remember me? That's the dementia setting in. Yeah, but then again, I thought it was weird that Vader at no point recognizes him either. Does he ever actually see him? Who? Does Vader ever see R two? Because he's on, he's on, uh, not Anakin. He's on Luke's ship when they're doing a Death Star run. I mean, I would imagine from that distance, he just looks like any other astral mech droid, really, doesn't yeah. he? But uh, it'd be interesting to see when we we rewatch them whether there's actually any scene where Vader can clearly see R two. Yeah. Because you'd think he'd be a bit like, oh, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? I think the only time he might see him would be Bespin, maybe. Best bin, yeah. Uh, oh well. Yeah, yeah we um, we'll we'll find that out. I've then got um Luke remembers suddenly that he's got an aunt and uncle who are probably gonna be uh in trouble if you know the Empire's looking for these droids. And he gets back and he's like, Oh great, we're having a barbecue and he's like, Oh no. No, that's the uh that's, that's Owen and Uncle. <laughs> One thing but, I wanted to mention just before that scene actually is when they're in the um they're in the Obi-Wan's little hut. Yeah. He's going was that on... Obi-Wan's hut, was it? Hmm? Was that Obi-Wan's hut? That, where he gets a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. See, I, for, for some reason, whenever I used to watch that, I always thought that was back at Luke's place. No, but... yeah, that's at Obi-Wan's place, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, carry on. But, yeah, there's a really good bit where they obviously talk about the Clone Wars and Luke's dad and stuff. Yeah. And um, there's loads of really good videos online on, on YouTube of like where Obi-Wan has like flashbacks as to what happened in the prequels. <laughs> and I think that acting from Alec Guinness is really good in that time. Like, yeah. given that there's no source material, it's the first film, it mm. really does fit with what's happened in the prequels, I feel. Yeah. So that was pretty good acting because they've obviously said, look, there's been some sort of civil war beforehand something called the clone wars and it i think he really nails it to be honest no i I'd, I'd actually agree with that as well um i think he's one of the only people i think throughout this it throughout this film who does that for the people who might have been involved in stuff previously mm-hmm. um with vader you don't really i think no whether that be it's actually a question we've got from one of our listeners but we'll we'll talk about that more like towards the end but with vader with the voice acting and whoever's actually playing him um there's not really there's i don't know it's not very convincing that he would have you know there, there was yeah. a prior existing relationship um i, I did put it for i think it was funny as well how like obi-wan gives him anakin sky anakin skywalker's uh lightsaber and it's like he did many genocides with this. <laughs> yeah. He slaughtered an entire temple full of children. Yeah. <laughs> the women and the children too. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this lightsaber cut down about you know 20, 30 sand people about 20 miles down the road. If you just take it to them, they'll have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got then um, a scene on the Death Star where the kind of the officers trying to give uh, Darth Vader a bit of cheek, saying that nothing compares to the power of this space station. And he's like, oh, the power of the Force does. And he starts choking him. He's like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Um, Brilliant. Classic, classic line. Um, I've just put one thing down as well. When did Anakin become smart? Because, <laughs> you know, like within, I mean, it might just come with age. It might become from his extended time with the Emperor. Mm. But I've put in like the first three films. Anakin isn't a smart person. I don't think he gives off the the vibe that he's smart. He's not tactically smart. Yeah. He's got no restraint. And I think generally, apart from when he realizes that Palpatine's a Sith Lord, even though Palpatine pretty much tells him the whole way through that he's a bit dodgy, Mm. there's no there's no kind of wit there with him. But then in, in in this film and obviously subsequent films, Darth Vader is actually quite a, he's got something else about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just wondering where that comes from. And like, if it is just his extended training with the emperor and the fact he's grown up a bit, but. And the fact he's not Anakin anymore, really. Yeah. Kind of cast that. I I would say if you watch the Clone Wars though, he is quite adept at like. Yeah. General. Yeah. Um, like he's quite smart militarily, even though it's might it might be unorthodox, but mm-hmm. he does get the jobs done. Mm-hmm. No, that's 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 fair enough. I was just thinking in terms of the actual films, there's there's, there's not there. And then yeah, obviously we've got um, in in between those scenes we do we Luke finds his family all murdered. Um, we've got then Vader in, interrogates Leia, and I was like she should probably call Childline. Um, and I'm just like you know how Vader can sense Luke. I was just going to mention why, this. Why can't he sense Leia? Because she's obviously we we know from the new trilogy that she's got Superman esque powers in the Force. I think now this is probably. I think it's so. They obviously didn't think about it in the first film, did they? Um, no, it's an afterthought completely. She shouldn't. I don't think she was ever intended really to have as much force power as as she was given it. I think we can put if we're gonna think of some sort of canon explanation though, I think it can be simply explained by saying Luke is stronger with the force than Leia. Yeah. Yeah, That's fair enough. Mm. I think um there's also a lot of sexual tension between Leia and Vader at the start. No, I think there's sexual tension between her and Tarkin. (laughs) (laughs) he's alive and well at this point though so um, it's a lot more acceptable (laughs) (laughs) so then we've got um obi-wan and luke set off uh and he wants to become a jedi to go to mos eisley where there's a retroverse scum and villainy like no one's ever seen before and i've i've literally put here we get stupid added animation scenes that we don't need ridiculous I don't yeah. know why Lucas thought this would be a good idea. It's when they get in and there's one of the monster like creatures just walks in front of the camera. Yeah. But why? 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 I, there's no need for it. I don't I don't know. I mean it's it, it fucking annoys me because I'm just like it stands out so much because yeah. the rest of it's, it's mainly practical. Subtle. 
You know what I mean? And it 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 makes the CGI look worse mm-hmm. than what it is. Like if it was all CGI, like in the prequels, then you can somewhat get away with it because it doesn't stand out so much. But in an area where you you literally all practical effects and you just added this fucking like hippo slash rhino slash horse thing, it's like yeah. what's the fucking point? Like. I think, like- the little subtle things like when the stormtroopers are running around and they've got like a little droid following them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's like a subtle addition that like can kind of I mean it didn't really it didn't even need it, but I suppose if you've got the prequels and you've set it up with stuff in the prequels, then yeah, fair enough, like add a little couple of things in here and there. Mm-hmm. But like you say, don't make it like so like it's so jarring. Face, it's, not, yeah. it's not subtle, and I think I think, you know, I think that was the problem. Just to go off on a bit of a tangent, I think that was the problem with the Hobbit films. The CGI was so in your face; it wasn't like Lord of the Rings used the CGI when it needed to, and Mm -hmm. it used real effects for the most part. Whereas the Hobbit had it the other way around, and I think that's what Lucas did in in this film. It's just. CGI, especially at Moss Eisley, I don't know why they've decided to do it in this particular scene, but it's just so jarring. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm someone who really doesn't like the Hobbit films apart from the first one, um, yeah. and it especially in like the third Hobbit film, uh, the Battle of Five Armies, like the reliance on CGI in that it's so poor. And like I've mentioned before on the podcast, like DC films. But mm-hmm. so like Marvel do it so well, and then for some reason DC looks cartoonish. Yeah. Um, and I just think like I wish people took more of a practical approach to it because it looks so much better. Like I mean, you look at Jurassic Park. What was it nineteen nineties? Like yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, even the early Harry Potter's like considering, you know, yeah, a lot of that was have would have to be CGI. It looks so much better than what it does now. Um, when they just over yeah, rely on it. Really. I mean, apart from something like the Mandalorian, where it just looks like stunning, um, and like something like the mm-hmm. boys as well, like they do it really well. But it, I think yeah. it just it's just levels. Like there's levels to like how good people are and how much money you're willing to spend on it. Yeah. Um, I put we've got the the Jedi mind trick scene. So the first time we ever see yeah. the Jedi mind trick. I'm just like you know how he says to that one stormtrooper because these are not the droids you were looking for, and it's like. Aren't the rest of them just like, hang on, wait a minute. Like, these are the fucking droids we're looking for, mate. <laughs> like, they're just like, all right, well, he's clearly just mind tricked him, but we're going to let that slide. Because I'm pretty, I, I don't know, can the mind trick work on multiple people at once? Maybe. I don't know. Let's I, just go with yes. <laughs> okay. We've then, we've then got the cantina scene. Um, we've got uh, Chewbacca. We see him talking with Obi Wan. Um, and the droids, for some reason, aren't served in that cantina. Yeah, they don't like them. Don't, yeah. Not like droids, don't like their kind. For, for um, no, it's a, no it's a local reason. cantina for local people. <laughs> <laughs> Did tubs do good? <laughs> but, um, we, see how, we see here how much of an insolent little brat Luke is. Yeah. Because the barman is stood away from the bar doing something and instead of saying excuse me luke just pulls on his shift and i turned around to my flatmate when i was watching this who used to work in a, um, a weather spoon and said what would you do if someone did that to you and he was like i can't believe i'd, I'd kick him out mm. i'd be like yeah 
too, right? It's a very rude thing to do. I, do you know one of my pet hates when I when I was at uni working in a bar? So someone would wave like the debit card or something in front of you, yeah. and they'd wave it in your face. And I remember I was like, I used to I worked at this bar once, and I knew I was leaving pretty pretty soon. And this guy all night, he was known for being a dickhead in the bar, and he was waving like the card in my face. So no, do you mind if I have a look at that? Yeah. And he went, yeah, yeah. So I just looked at it and then just flung it across the fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He went, you can't do that. I was like, well, I just did. And then uh, he, he didn't come back, thankfully, but. Uh, I got a, a proper bollocking off my boss for that. And I was like, I'm sorry, he's just wound me up for like the entire time that I've worked at this bar. He's always doing that and it fucking does my head in. Um, yeah, be, ni- be nice to service people, guys. Um, and, and, unless you're a droid being told you're not allowed in the bar. Don't, don't stand for that racism. Um, <laughs> so here we got then Obi-Wan gets his lightsaber out for the, for the, for the lads. Um, chops off the, the guy's arms who we see in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, I don't like it. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, if I saw Luke acting the way that he was in that bar, I'd be like, yeah, fuck you, Luke. I don't like yeah, you. I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we've got hand shoot first. Um, oh. I... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's edited that scene. Yeah. He's edited it, so I think it is actually Han who shoots. Uh, he's either done, he's done it one way or, or the other, hasn't he? He's... he's done it so Han is the one who actually shoots first, isn't it? No, no, I think he or changed around. Greedo shoots first and yeah. then Han shoots in retaliation. I'm pretty sure, though, in the original in the original cut, it wasn't a case of Han shot first, it was just Han shot. Yeah. Greedo didn't get a shot off, he just shot him. Yeah, which I think is better. I like that. I like that Han's just like, yeah, you're trying to, you're gonna, I'm not fucking standing yeah. for this shit. It's it set him up as a really, you know, shitty person, which I think is even better because his arc is to become a, a less shitty person. Yeah, like that's the whole point of his story arc. Like, what, I I just think I just thought it was such a poor, again, like don't mess with it. But the unnecessarily messed with with it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. We then got one bit where, I mean, just before we do jump back to the Death Star scenes quickly, um, we've got a couple of scenes. We've got one with Jabba where he confronts Han. Um, mm. We've also got a scene where, like, after Obi-Wan and Han, like, agree a price that they're going to pay him, there's a scene that I'd never noticed before where, like, Obi-Wan and, and Luke are outside and he's like, you're going to have to sell your speeder as they're rushing off. And I was like, I'd never noticed that before and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, is the Jabba scene something that was in the original. I thought that was added as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Again, I mean, I don't have so much of a problem with that one, because it does kind of... Again, though, I think the CGI looks so bad. Yeah, it does. It does. But I don't have a problem with the scene itself, because I think it then adds something for later when, we obviously, we see Boba Fett. Yeah. So, I mean, Boba Fett is absolutely useless, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I don't understand why he's liked, because he's shit. No. I totally agree with you. Yeah, he's, he's he's dog shit. But we do then get, obviously, a setup then for the future in terms mm-hmm. of what happens in the later films. So I do think that scene somewhat pays off. Yeah. Um, where he's, like, saying, you know, you're going to have to pay me this money or I'm going to I'm gonna get you, essentially. Um, yeah. We've then got a scene on Death Star where Vader's said that Leia's proven quite resistant to the, the droid probe interrogation probe and i was like oh vader's been probing leah 
I said, and I can still horny deep down. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> to be fair, in the original trilogy, we we swap out the horniness for just incest. So you know, it's, a, it's, it's a slightly different feel to this movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure that uh, old Darth got a good feel of Leia when he was probing her. Um, yeah, so... Tarkinen gets the idea in terms of like trying to, because she's not going to give up any information about the rebels. So then Tarkin's like, well, we'll make course for Alderaan and we'll see what we can get out of her. Um, I just put as well, Steph mentioned to me at this point in the film that uh, as uh, Han and the crew escape Tatooine to go to Alderaan, um, mm. she went, oh, do you think the guy who plays Obi-Wan looks like Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he does a bit, to be fair. Tiny little bit, yeah, I can see the... Address Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> 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 but um, one thing as well, my, uh, my my stepdad, James, he was telling me that um, the Millennium Falcon, obviously, for this film, it was actually built, and it was at Pinewood Studios. Mm. Had, I mean, I think they did that for the new ones as well, but they had a physical Millennium Falcon, and that was actually built in Milford Haven in Pembrokeshire, where all my family live. Ah. Southwest Wales. It's a, a fun fact from James. I looked at the photos. I'll see if I can upload them and I'll send some to Ben to upload on some of our social media because it's actually pretty cool, pretty interesting. That sounds uh, pretty cool. Yeah, get those photos, Laura. Yeah. Um, so then we've got the scene where Leia's dragged up to the the poop deck or whatever it's called in on the Death Star, and <laughs> Tarquin says, "Oh, we're going to test the planet destroying powers of the." the Death Star on Alderaan unless you tell us where the base is and she says it's on Dantooine but then they still blow it up um, one thing I put I know obviously when they made this film they didn't know but at this point we know that the Death Star's powers has been tested multiple times and it's been found to be already fully operational so well it's it's blown up cities hasn't it well they've neither completely destroyed Scarif in the end did it um, I, I, I think so yeah Oh, be wrong though, because I thought at the in the film it just says target the base at Scarif, doesn't he? I don't know. To be fair, I assume that he just blew the whole planet up. No, no, I think he said. I said, um, yeah, yeah, because in Rogue One he says um, single reactor um, ignition should be enough. Just target the base. All right, okay, that's 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 me missing it then. Um, but I mean, like, there's definitely a scene where Tarkin's like the base is this machine, this um. This base is now fully operational. He does say that at some point. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah. It's, and then obviously, you know, Alderaan gets blown to smithereens. And shortly after that happens, um, Obi Wan, Han, and Luke arrive in the Millennium Falcon. And they're like, oh, this is where Alderaan should have been, but it's now an asteroid field. And it's like, huh, it's not here anymore. Um, we then got. Um, I think there's there's scenes on the Millennium Falcon. Is it is it before it is before obviously they get on the Death Star, isn't it? Where Luke's training with the little yeah full droid thing, and yeah. you know how we were talking again in Rogue One where they were saying like oh the 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 existence or the memory of the Jedi is completely gone. Yeah. Throughout this film, like Anik, uh, sorry, Luke knows what the Jedi are. Mm. Um, Han knows what they are, but he thinks they're just a bit of like tricksters or whatever. So yeah. the memory the memory of them hasn't been wiped out at all. So mm. again, I'm still a bit on the iffy side that when it gets to the new films that the people don't have a fucking clue about them. Yeah. It just it I just feel the 
it's a bit of an, uh, an oversight maybe from for the new films that they've made. Yeah. Uh, but then we we get the, the the crew come up to the Death Star and they're like, oh, that's a, it's a moon or something. He goes, and then everyone's like, that's no moon. No moon. Uh, and they get caught in the tractor beam um, and they get dragged onto the Death Star. Um, have you got any notes about those scenes in between or should we just crack on with um I think crack just just crack on one thing i will say is that the music in this film is really good like they use the music really well do you know what it's one thing that i i didn't really note down but you are right the music's especially considering we've just watched watch rogue one the music is so good yeah but i think it's just because it blends so well with the film mm-hmm. it, i didn't make a note of it Whereas like something like Jewel of the Fates, it really stands out for that scene. Yeah. So like the music, it just it just it just flows nice. It doesn't mm-hmm. stand out to me, but it is it's because it just fits perfectly with each scene. Yeah. No definitely. Uh, I, I love I love it. And then so then when they when they arrive on the Death Star, um they end up kind of like getting some uh, uniforms and going along and they um Obi-Wan and Luke and Han go their separate ways. So Obi-Wan goes to turn off the tractor beam so they can escape. And uh, Luke and Han, I mean, what were they actually going to do? Because I know they end up going and rescuing Leia, but what was it they were actually doing? I can't remember, actually. That's it, because I'm, I mean, obviously they're doing something. Yeah, I actually can't remember what they were meant to be doing. No. I mean, like, they've, uh, like they're causing they, mischief. They go, yeah, they're causing. They're doing shenanigans, and um, <laughs> they basically. I mean, they they go off to this control room, and then they realize that Leia's there, and Luke convinces Han to help us, like help retrieve her, because she's like, oh, she's a princess. Yeah. Think of all the reward. Not realizing that she's a princess of a planet that's just been blown up and lo- no longer exists. Um, yeah, I bet. But, I, I bet she still gets. Uh, I bet she still gets charged uh, tax though. <laughs> destruction of a planet you know that wouldn't stop hmrc from getting us would it no she, she's royal family mate she don't pay tax <laughs> <laughs> she just lives off the economy in the in the name of tourism um yeah <laughs> then obi-wan and vader sense each other um which which i quite like because uh I've, i think it's, it's as you mentioned earlier i put it here that I think Obi Wan acts like uh, Alec Guinness acts this so well, considering mm-hmm. like there's no prequels to go off at this point. Um, I put the other gang rescue Leah, and we see like Han. Um, you can just see that he's a bit of a fucking like wild card, like Charlie Day, yeah. where he's like talking to the other people on the other end of the the monitor and he or the the, the telecom, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, we've just had a bit of an issue up here. We're fine." And then rather than actually explain himself, he just shoots the, the yeah. intercom. He's like, I'm, I'm, he knows that he's not the most clever. He knows he's not the best. And I, he just does what he can to get by. And I quite like that. Um, yeah. But they do they do rescue later. I put, they're obsessed with height in Star Wars. You know where, um, I think Juice mentioned it, where like uh, Anakin says oh, to Grieve, okay. it's like, oh, you're smaller. And then, then she's like, oh, you're, you're quite small for a Stormtrooper. And I'll be like... Uh, are they meant to be a set height or something? Because they're not clones anymore. Yeah, yeah. Le- Leia's uh, Leia's Tinder profile would definitely be one of those like ones where she's like under six foot. No thanks. <laughs> six foot. No baldies. 
so there we've got um we've got then i think we've got a few different like like transition scenes but then we've got the trash compactor scene yeah i don't know about you but i really don't like this scene i'm not fussed on it i am i think the the the, the trash monster thing is really it's fucking ridiculous and i just don't understand why you would have a monster in the trash that's literally what i put i was like how the fuck did it get there how does it survive getting squished every time they squish the trash and i've just put they're getting a trash compactor luke dies at the end i was like <laughs> i was like i fucking hate this scene like I, I really don't understand why it's in there yeah and like there's bits like that this is one of the things where i want about that acting's terrible Mm. because like they're like oh my god this is hurting so much and they're not even touching the sides like they're not being squished (laughs) i was like they're literally like panicking and like they've still got quite a bit of room left um but i just thought it was so bizarre like i wonder how the monster get there did they did they like literally just like transfer it there i don't know because it must it must have been like uh, how else does it get there it's a fucking space station Maybe yeah, I I don't know what it is, but we see it's a little eye pop up, don't we? And we can yeah, see it's like the poor coloured scene in Rogue One. It's, it's like... poor coloured made sense because at least it was like on a planet, not on a space station. At least it served a purpose. What's this well, monster's well, purpose? Well, poor coloured was there to you know give the the rebel crew some like hefty relief, but oh yeah, you know like this this trash monster's there just eat gobbling up shit. <laughs> like for no reason um, but then they do escape so thankfully we escape the clutches of that fucking dreadful scene um, and we've got, I put Lee as a douche yeah like, she I is she's a princess but she's a bit, bit of a bellend um, and I think like the way she talks to Han I think you're meant to get the impression that Han's a bit of a dick but mm. I get more of a impression that Lee is a bellend mm. I don't yeah. know about you but I think she comes across worse um, I wouldn't say she comes across across worse. I think she comes across as a bit snobby in her own way. Yeah, but I think we get. I think we see that she is quite like a brave character. Like yeah. she's not just, and I think it sets it up really well. Like she's not a damsel in distress. Like mm-hmm. throughout the films, she does get stuck in with all of the action. Like she's definitely not one to kind of shy away from a fight. No, um, not at all. Which I quite liked, and I was saying to my friend. You know, for coming out in '77, I know it's not, it's not ages ago, but it's certainly not recent. Um, you know, it was quite progressive having a really strong, brave female character. No, no, absolutely, yeah. Who was also a main, a main part of it as well. Like, yeah. yeah she, she needed to be to be rescued at the start, but she was never in distress. No, she never was. No, she never gives off that vibe. She's just someone who happens to be captured um, and is kept alive purely because of like who she is, not because it's like, oh, your princess is in trouble, come and save her. Like, yeah. I mean, she's literally, I mean, rescued on happenstance. It's like it's like yeah. it's not a land rescue mission. So that I, I do like that element of it. I have put a note as well that <clears throat> sorry. All the way through the film, you can see that it's the first film in the series because they're trying to figure out how how the, how they pronounce Leah. Yeah. Because there's different people who say Princess Leah, and then there's different. I think it's the American and English difference where mm-hmm. you got the Americans saying Leah, 
and the English people saying Leah. Yeah. Uh, I know it's really, it is quite a sort of difference, but it's very much like, you know, with the start of How I Met Your Mother, where they start calling Robin Shabatsky in the early ones and then Shabotsky later on. I've never seen it. Uh, it don't bother. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's trash, but um, it was something I watched as a, as a kid, but it's, it's something like that, like where they eventually do settle on how they're going to say the name. But you can see, because right. early on, it's very, very, um, very different. I think we've got a good scene as well where, like, the stormtroopers are shit throughout this film. Like, yeah, they're they so are bad. Useless, aren't they? Despite uh, everyone's only Imperial stormtroopers are so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, a scene, like, where they're trying to escape the Death Star, and the stormtroopers literally outnumber all of them, and then Han just starts screaming and running at them, and they run away. And I was just like, <laughs> why? Like, why? Why did that work? <laughs> um, we've then got the Obi Wan Vader fight scene, um, and I've just put it does make you realize watching this scene how good the fights are in the prequels. Yeah, like because the, current... the reason to fight in this film was so not like like so well choreographed was because apparently the lightsabers were really heavy right okay actually do lots of spinny stuff so later on they used a different material um but also apparently the stick that made the the um the blade Mm -hmm. was apparently very very fragile so if you clashed they would just shatter so they had to be very very delicate with them Um, and it's so very like much more classically like sword, like fencing sort of style, and even then, it's even it's very very slow. Yeah, but apparently, yeah, I just assumed was, it was. I assumed it was down to uh, McInnes's age. I would imagine that as well. Yeah. But, have you seen the YouTube video where someone's kind of remastered it and made it a bit more exciting? No, I haven't. You'll have to see. Oh, I'll, have to... To, I'll have to show you it. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm. And I'm up for watching that. I've just put as well that um, Obi-Wan, in, in quotation marks, does a suicide. Um, yeah. Because I think it seems to be a running theme with, like, the Force users in Star Wars that they, t- they tend to, like, when they're ready to go, a lot of them just think, right, okay, I'm going to do something that's going to get me killed. Like yeah. Donnie and um, Yoda obviously gives up, goes, moves over to the yeah. Force side. Obi-Wan, there's quite a few instances where they're just like, all right, okay, I'm going to... We're gonna fucking die it's in so- Rebels. Uh, Kane and Jarrus, he does a suicide as well. Yeah, it seems to be the Jedi way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also put as well, um, when Luke sees it, he seems to be a bit over emotional for me. Yeah, he's only known Obi Wan like what a day or two. Yeah, yeah, it's all very kind of like over familiar and. He gives away their position straight away. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. at, that, at that point, will Vader not see R2 when he turns I around? I think the droids are already on the ship. There might be, to be fair. I mean, even not not just seeing fucking R2, seeing C-3PO, who we created. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's actually something that I forgot to say earlier on when um, when C-3PO gets bought from the Jawas. Mm-hmm. You just say, oh, I was, orig- I was originally created for such and such purpose. And I'm like, well, that's quite clever because 
obviously he was created by Anakin in Tatooine. Yeah. So it, I thought that was quite good how they how they've uh, well obviously I'm saying it as if they've written it after the prequels, but how the prequels you know yeah picked up on that to then obviously create his his um origin story as it would be. Um, so then we've got obviously the Han, Luke, Leia. They all escape, and we've got the Tie Fighter chase scene. And I think this is one that looks really dated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think again, I've still put it's still amazing for its time. Oh um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, it looks quite dated watching it. And then obviously we find out Tarkin reveals that they've got a home and beacon on the ship, um, which Leia does say they will be tracking us. And Han's just like, no, no, not this ship. It's like, <laughs> it's like they literally are tracking you. <laughs> yeah. We've then got um, obviously the kind of rebel scenes where they're just they've got the plans and they're talking about their attack on the Death Star. Um, I've got Luke just kind of again acts like a dickhead where that guy's like, Oh, that shot's a million to one, or whatever. He goes, Oh, no, I used to do this with my T14 or whatever. On yeah, I mean, it's just like, fuck off, Luke. She's like, you've, brat. like, you've literally done fucking nothing, like, you're <laughs> acting like big bollocks and you've done nothing, just settle yourself down i've also put he is very kind of like keen on leia and oh he is yes i know he does does he know i mean at what point does lucas decide that vader's going to be the father (laughs) yeah at what what point does lucas say like oh yeah vader you're going to be the vader's going to be the father of these two people because He's obviously called him Vader, and Vader's a German word for father. So mm. he must have known at some like quite early yeah. on. And yet he still put all these incesty scenes in there. Maybe he's just a bit weird. Mm. I mean, coming from high corporations in America, and there's a m- mixture of uh, Nazi and incest. Oh, sure, stuff. yeah. When, when they love the Nazi. I mean, especially as Borat 2 has come out. Uh, this weekend, and we've seen what uh, the president's right-hand man gets up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good. But um, no, so we've got that. Um, we've got, you know, when I know I noticed this, I think in Revenge of the Sith. You know, when they arrive on like a, a forest planet or whatever, there's always mm. a guy on the rebels, and he's got like a camcorder, and he's like recording them. I think he's meant to track the incoming and outcook out like the outbound and inbound ships yeah i mean i guess that's what he was doing i just thought it's funny because it literally looks like he's recording them coming in yeah um but uh yeah i think i think that's that's the avin four isn't it that's where we were is, yeah. on um rogue one um i've literally i think most of my notes for this is just that luke's a bell end um and i put hans cock teasing them by saying i'm going uh like you know but he's obviously going to come back later yeah, um, yeah. I put that Luke and uh, Luke gives Hannah a really tough time for literally no reason because mm. like Hannah's done his job like his yeah. job was to literally just take them to Alderaan yeah it was quite and he's gone above and yeah. beyond well yeah exactly it's quite obvious what Han's remit was when Luke first met him I think yeah. Luke was trying to give him the whole oh it's the good the right thing to do and stuff and trying to get him to stay on side and it's like well come on Luke like this guy is obviously a bit of a shit. Yeah. Is just in it for himself and the cash. 
Um, so, yeah, fair enough. I think he's a bit of a bellend, but I don't think you can have too much of a go at him. It's not as if he said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you do all of this stuff. No, he took you to Alderaan, he helped you get off the Death Star, and then that was it. Yeah, I think Han literally never, ever acts any different to what he what he does. He's he's never like he's never he's unabashedly himself. Like you know what yeah. I mean. So like when people get surprised that he does stuff that's in his character, I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> why are you surprised? Um, so one thing I put obviously they're all getting ready to attack the Death Star. Um, I put where do they all get their ships from? Because you know that there's barely any of them to start with. Yeah. Every next film, they've got another fleet of like dispensable like X-wings or whatever that they can use. And I'm just like, there's barely any of them. Where are they getting all these ships from? Build them in caves. Boxes. I mean, I guess so. I guess so. I think that's just me being like very picky with what I'm seeing. Um, obviously, we see Wedge Antilles uh, yeah. for the first time. And I mean, did you? I, I don't know if we mentioned it on the previous podcast, but that's Hugh McGregor's uncle. Oh, is it? Do you not know that? No, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, Hugh McGregor was talking about it on something like Graham Norton, but the guy who plays Wedge Antilles is Hugh McGregor's uncle. Ah, yeah. Yeah, but um, I like Wedge. He's a, he's a good character. Um, just seeing what we've got now. Um, yeah, I've just put again watching it now. You can realize how good like the new films look, like the space battles and stuff, mm-hmm. like how good they look. I put R.I.P. Porkins. Um, yeah, Porkins dies quite quickly, doesn't he? Yeah, I put whoever named him should be ashamed. Yeah. Like, that's just like literally calling him Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting an Asian man in there and calling him Chinaman. It's like, yeah. <laughs> It's like why why are they why are they so obvious with their names that they're like quite rude with it? Um, but yeah, we've got then the battle scene goes on. It's not going well for the the rebel fighters. I nearly said the Republic there, um, but the rebel fighters. Um, and we've got the Vader enters the space battle and he just starts fucking wrecking shit. Yeah, Vader just starts creaming all of the all of the rebels, crushing them. Yes, high fighter. He starts creaming them, does he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got his space probe out again. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, um, Luke's the only one who doesn't get shot up because he's got that um, that special armor. Plot armor. He's got plot armor. Um, We've got Obi-Wan speaking to him from the beyond, telling him to use the Force um, and, in in sense, not use his, like, targeting machine. Um, (laughs) And then just as Vader's about to kill him, Han, Han comes back him. in. One one thing I've got though is a quote where um <laughs> where where like Luke's pl- powering along, someone I think Wedge says to him, at that speed, how will he pull out? <laughs> how will he pull out in time? <laughs> and Luke's like, Don't worry, this is my speciality. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Han comes out with nowhere with a steel chair and hits Vader. Um, Vader actually headshots R two D two. He does, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all right though because R two D D two's got plot armor as well, so he survives. He's made of plot armor. Yeah, and then we've got Vader gets spun out, and Luke blows up the Death Star. Happy, happy celebration. 
until they rebuild it. Um, I think then kind of wrapping up the film, they, they have the ceremony, don't they? Um, yeah, they do. Biggest injustice in the entire saga happens here where Chewbacca doesn't get a medal. Well, not, not just Chewbacca. What, does Wedge get a medal? I don't think so. I think it's just Luke and Han. Like, and it's, is it literally just because they rescue Leia? Like, I don't know. It has to be, Maybe surely. There's a bit of favouritism here. Yeah, it's, and it's like they're all looking at each other like, hmm, 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 and I'm just like, <laughs> like, this is so fucking creepy. Like, you all want to bang each other, and obviously two of them are brother and sister. And it's funny because at one point, Leia, like, just realises in the later films that Luke's her brother. Like, she literally goes, oh, he's my brother. I can feel it. And it's like, mm-hmm. How long have you felt that for, Leia? <laughs> yeah? Was it before or after you fucking kissed him? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I think... That wraps up what we've got in terms of the main the main story and everything. But we do have some questions. Like the first question I'm going to ask is from um, had an email from uh, one of the listeners called James, and it says, uh, "Do you think Han is force sensitive?" No. Do you not? No. See, I I think he might be a little bit. I mean. I don't, I don't think he is, and I would like to keep it that way because he's not shown any, from what I can tell, I don't think he's shown any sort of capacity to use the force. Um, and I quite like it that way. I don't want everyone in the Star Wars universe to be able to use the force. I like See, having I regular people. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I don't necessarily mean force-sensitive in the Jedi kind of fashion. What I mean is more force sensitive in the sense that, like, the force is obviously it, like it, it envelops everyone, right? And I, I think, think he's to some a... degree everyone in this universe is going to have some connection with it. Yeah, I just think he's got a bit of a stronger connection than the average person. Mm. Uh, I mean, you look, at, you look in the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, we I don't know if we've actually mentioned it on the podcast yet. We did say we weren't going to do solo. But we've decided we're not going to do the new trilogy, uh, at least not for now anyway, because we want to kind of get moving on with other films and then our audio book style podcast as well. And we want to we want to get on doing the the show as all three of us. Um, and in terms of looking at the the rise of Skywalker, obviously Han comes back in that, and whether that's like some kind of delusion from I Ben, think it's one of Kylo Ren's delusions. I don't think he's a false ghost. No, I don't think the Force Ghost is such, but I think there's still, I don't know. I have a feel, I have a feeling that, I don't know if it's been written anywhere, but I have a feeling that he's got some, mm. some Force powers in there. Um, but yeah, thank you for that question. We've then got, um, let me just get the question up. So we got a question from um, Jake Belgian. So the first question is, with such a low budget and practical effects being used for the droid population of the first Star Wars film, what household items would you use to construct your own episode for droid? I'd probably, in, in my house right now, I'd probably use some, maybe like, maybe like a, maybe like a bin with a printer on top. Mm. together with some resistance bands that I used to do exercises during during lockdown and yeah. um, maybe get some cans and crush them up and stick them on the bin um, and 
because he used a sex toy for like the noises, like <laughs> for moving noises. <laughs> Are they in abundance in your house? Oh yes, <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> what, like one of those sex swings? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're very, we're very, we're very continental in this house. <laughs> uh, coat hangers, I don't know for the wirings. Uh, yeah, could use coat hangers. Yeah, and if we wanted to make a useless cape like uh, General Grievous, we could just use a pair of curtains. Yeah, could use a pair of curtains. What else? What else could you use? I've got some LED lights. They could be used We've as like fairy lights, lights and stuff. We've uh, got like these moons as well that are like they're lights and they light up different colors. Oh, cool! But they're like, like a moon. It's like a moon. Uh, it's not a moon. Um, <laughs> so we could use that. Um, trying to think what else we could use. What would it, would we have a droid with weapons? Um, we oh no, we'd have to get oil. Oil. So it, yeah. our droid could jizz on us on, on other droids and In set them fire. fire. Yeah, I've got a few lighters around the house. We could give we could put that in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what weapons. Oh, just knives. Just stick some knives on it as well. This is turning into some sort of like horrific version of Robot Wars. <laughs> oh, a fucking Bamzuki. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> um, Jake's also got a, another question that we alluded to earlier on in the show. Um, thank you for the questions, by the way, Jake. They're, they're really good. Um, I sent them over to Ben before we did the show. I think we both said they were really good. Um, the, so the second question is, the voice actor for Darth Vader allegedly never met... met the voice actor during the film for A New Hope. How do you think this impacts scenes with Darth Vader in, uh, despite him only appearing in the film for less than 15 minutes or so? Mm. I think if it's if it's true that they never met each other, I think, if, I think it... I don't know if it would impact it because I think voice acting is a, a skill, like any other skill, and I think part of that is looking at the material you have in front of you and then doing the voices like obviously a lot of voice actors won't meet the i don't know like the models that do the 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 act like the live action movements and stuff yeah so it, i mean i don't know dave if it was affected body, it. Didn't he? Mm-hmm. It was dave prowse who played the body and then obviously james earl jones did the voice yeah. at the time though wasn't james earl jones wasn't a like a fat man was he at the time he was quite thin. No. So, like, why didn't they just get him to play it? Like, I, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, it's not as if Darth Vader's body language has like any uniqueness about it, is it? See, because there is there is bits for me, right? Where since obviously when Jake mentioned it uh, in his question before we before I actually watched the film, I where he's doing the pointy thing, it doesn't mm. match up for me. And I yeah. Just, I don't know. Um, for some reason, I think his voice sounds like he should move a lot more mechanically than he does. Mm. Um, but that's just me. I think apparently, I don't know if there is, I don't know if I've made this up, but I think there's footage of uh, Dave Prowse like doing, like obviously speaking the lines. Yeah. When they're doing the filming, obviously before they dubbed it. And he's like, 
you will, you are part of the Rebel Alliance. And he's like really high pitched voice. Um, but apparently he didn't. I, I don't know if this is wrong, but I, I'm. I think I've read somewhere or heard somewhere that he didn't know that he wasn't the actual. Oh really? Person who was voice invader. Um, as far as I'm aware, I'm, I I may be completely making that up. Um, but yeah, yeah I, think, I think he didn't know. Um, so before we kind of uh, thank you for those questions. By the way, we did have a, a few more. Um, but we are trying to keep the episodes into like a certain time frame, like no, no longer really than one hour, 15 minutes. Um, but I think you had a shout out to give, didn't you, Ben? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, hang on. Let me get the uh, the details up. So um, my friend Caroline runs a really cool um, art business uh, where she does kind of like designs on the back of like leather jackets denim jackets um any jacket really she's really uh really talented and on instagram it's it's underscore alive underscore apparel um so if you want to go over and check out some of those they'd be really cool gifts um or something for yourself really yeah. um check and check that out that would be that would be great um, and she does other stuff as well, um, other art stuff. But you can find everything from that, from that account. Um, and we might, we might even get her on to do one of the horror, um, one of the horror episodes because she's really into the horror films and she's be, been enjoying the the horror episodes as well. Yeah, um, I've I've certainly enjoyed doing them. Uh, but no, yeah, I've had a look at some of her stuff on 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 the Instagram. Uh, and it, it looks really fantastic. So yeah, guys, if you give her a give her a shout, give her a shout out, give her a follow, give her a look at because some of the stuff on there is really really good. I say some of the stuff, all the stuff is. Um, yeah. But yeah, and she's also like she's you know giving us a shout out and you know said she's just enjoyed the show. So thank you very much for that, Caroline. Um, in terms of wrapping up the show, obviously, like I said, we've got our competition at the moment where it's a giveaway. Now I think we're going to run it up to um, up until the Wednesday before we do. A new, uh, not a new hope, Return of a Jedi. Yeah. Um, so we normally record on a Sunday morning. So it'll be the 8th of November when we do the draw. Um, yeah, so the competition is going to run until Wednesday, the 4th of November. So if you want to enter, go on our Twitter at Pick and Mix Pod, Instagram at Pick and Mix Pod as well, or search the Pick and Mix Podcast on Facebook. Like and share and make sure you're following to enter. Alternatively, if you've got Apple, uh, if you've got iTunes and you listen to the Apple Podcasts, if you leave a five star review on there with a comment, we'll also consider you for an next. So you'll get a double draw, and also if you email us with a question for next week's episode, whether that be um, a horror episode that me and Liam are going to be doing, or whether that be uh, the next Star Wars film, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and like I said, follow us all on social media. And then you get a chance to win a nice framed picture. And there is a picture on it, of it on the social media as well. So you can check that out. Um, before we go, anything you want to add, Ben? No, that's a, that's everything from from me. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, keep the keep the listens and the comments and the the follows on socials coming because it's doing quite well at the minute. So let's keep it up. Yeah, absolutely, we're doing really well. And thank you very much for your support, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you soon. See you.